The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with this week's edition of Bench with Bubba, let me talk to you about Draft. Draft Draft.com is one of the coolest new ways to play fantasy sports. You get to draft against you know, three, five, ten-man competitions. There's new drafts starting every five minutes. Your chances of winning on draft are over 80% better than on salary cap sites. That's why you need to try draft. No more getting crushed by the pros. More than one million people have already downloaded draft. You can play in real life NBA, NFL. They have NHL. PGA is a great one. They have MLB. They have them all. And it keeps getting better, better, and better. Drafts usually finish in under five minutes. You get paid the next day. The event finishes, but they're fi- and they're filling fast. Every second, drafts are filling. They have them up until your game. Games begin. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, and you have to use the promo code SD Sports. All one word, SD Sports. That's right. Playing a real money draft for free by using the promo code SD Sports. But it gets even better. Draft is so sure you'll love it that they're even offering a money back guarantee up to $100. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code SD Sports. Void or prohibited, must be 18 or older. See website for details. Offer must be redeemed within 14 days. Now to this week's edition of Benched with Bubba. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode 102. Going to talk some fantasy baseball tonight, and in order to do so, I have a guest from Razball.com. You can find him on Twitter at Razball underscore MB. Matt, Bo, how are we doing, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? 102. Wow, that's uh, how long you've been? Uh, how long have you been running this joint? Uh, I've been working on this a couple years now, I guess. I, I kind of picked up the pace to two a week here about six months ago but uh yeah it's been a awesome. little grind awesome well thank you for having me on i'm uh, happy to be here and uh happy to talk some football baseball whatever you want with you yeah tonight we'll talk some we'll talk some football uh baseball has been going strong and we'll keep talking baseball until it's all said and done but you know how it goes in the world we live in that uh, it's already football season because football barely ever sleeps so <laughs> We better get cracking, and before we get, we're going to talk some running backs and some wide receiver things. You've had a couple really good pieces come out recently on Razball, and before we do so, I just wanted to get your opinion on something that dropped like 20 minutes ago as I was taking yeah. a couple more notes. Jameis Winston, it's like 99% sure going to happen, is going to be suspended the first three games of the year. Um, I'm still, like I told you earlier, getting my feet wet in the whole offseason of football, but you've been yeah. digging in. What's your thoughts on this whole process? I know Fitzpatrick's not great, but... What's your take on this? Okay, from a fantasy football standpoint, it's obviously not good for Mike Evans or Deshaun Jackson, Chris Godwin, uh, OJ Howard or Cameron Bray. Um, From a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, standpoint, I don't know if you know this, but I'm actually a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Um, No, no, it's all right. Um, 
I don't think Jameis Winston has that large of, of an effect on whether they'd win their first three games. Uh, keep in mind that they play, they go to New Orleans the first game, and then uh, I believe it's Pittsburgh and Philadelphia in weeks two and three at home. Mm-hmm. And it, they're, they were staring down 0-3 from the start uh, right away. Um, so I'm glad that uh, – this didn't drag on kind of like the Ezekiel Elliott thing last year. Um, I'm kind of upset because it kind of seems like he didn't really have much to do with it. It was just a failure to report. Um, My initial worry was that it was actually him who did it. And I was very upset about it because I'm, uh, I'm very much proponent of the me too movement and, uh, you know, (laughs) you know, uh, keeping your hands to yourself and whatnot. So, but it did come out that it, that it wasn't uh, really, he didn't have any involvement in the actual act. So um, now I'm, I feel like it should be one game tops, but uh, Mm -hmm. three games is a little rough, but um, you know, they're going to be 0 and three anyway. Uh, As for who should be the quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he had a pretty decent game against, um, against Arizona last year when Jameis left with an injury early in the season. Um, as for game planning for three games, I'm not sure it's a great thing. Um, maybe sign Kaepernick. <laughs> the yeah. guy. Um, I, I, I don't know if Tampa wants to sign Kaepernick. I, nobody did last year, but if you're desperate, and uh, I, I assume Dirk Cutter is desperate to win some football games this year. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that uh, signing Kaepernick is probably the best thing that they could do, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think they'll probably end up rolling with Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I'd imagine they just roll with it as long as he's only out three games. Let's you know bite the bullet, like you said. They're like they're gonna be lucky to be one and two after that three game yeah. stretch. It was just it was a murderer's row of situations, and it just lined up. You know, if there's ever gonna be a time for Winston to miss games this year, it might as well be the first three games of the season. Exactly, it, the best thing that could happen to him. And then I agree with what you said. It was kind of surprising to me because. I actually was reading stuff on Winston a couple days ago about the whole incident and all these things. And I'm a hundred percent with you. You never lay hands on a woman. You never do anything like that. That's just rule one when it comes to men and women to me. But um, you read the reports and it was very gray, very, very gray. And it seemed like you say you didn't do anything. It seemed like. Sounds like he wasn't even in the car. It sounds like it was his uh, Uber account. Yeah, and that's what the that's what the weirdest thing is. It's like, okay, I'm glad the NFL's trying to make a stand for once after the whole Ray Ryan's Rice incident that they butchered, but it's a there's a point where you still have to be just to the system. And this seems like they're kind of just, you know, maybe he's got something else they needed to punish him for and they're using this as an excuse. I have no idea. But um yeah, it's odd. But I just wanted to bring that up before we get Cracking on some of these other things, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But you you kind of summed it up perfectly. Where if he's going to miss three games, this is the way to do it. Ryan Fitzpatrick's likely the scenario. Is he a fix all? No, because in reality, in your fancy bit football season, the first three weeks was really not a bye week anyway. So you don't need a guy like Fitzpatrick sitting around. And so. the thing is, the thing is, uh, nobody's playing their best football in September. Uh, um, yes. So I. As a Bucks fan, my hope is that they're able to squeak one of those two games against Philly or Pittsburgh out at home. I assume New Orleans is a loss. That's a really tough place to play. Um, they never, they historically they haven't fared well there. Um, but they need one big game from Fitzpatrick to roll into Chicago, which I'll be attending that game uh, at Chicago Bears. Uh, Jameis's first game back. Uh, I'd like to see them at one and two at that point, and then I wouldn't be uh, too upset with how the season started. That'd be good. Let's go into the running back position here for a little bit. Talk some Green Bay Packers. Uh, they have quite the depth chart at running back. You have Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, and Ty Montgomery, and they all kind of serve a different purpose in the system. And they've already come out and said there's really no – it's going to be a committee. That's the way they're looking at it. There's no set you know, number one back right now. And – a lot of this I'm just going to preface now. We're going to talk about a lot of things tonight, and obviously, people, there is training camps. There's a lot of stuff that's going to take place before the start of the season. But at this point in time, Matt, what are you thinking when it comes to Green Bay's backfield when you approach it in draft? 
when I'm approaching the draft, I want the last one on the board. Um, I am taking someone else's take from Twitter. Uh, I, I read that and I wholeheartedly agree with it. I can't remember who it was, so I can't shout them out. But that is definitely the approach that you want to take. Um, there's injuries. Aaron Rodgers is back. Um, Ty Montgomery, I mean, he's going to be involved in the passing game, but I don't know if it'll be enough for him to really be fantasy relevant. If I had to pick one name, I'd probably say Jamal Williams. He looked probably like the best out of the three out of the backfield towards the end of the season last year. And that's nothing to take away from Aaron Jones because he he looked good last year when he got the starts. But um, I think if I wanted anyone, and I think he's probably going to end up being the last one on the board, um, if you're excluding Ty Montgomery, I think it'd be Jamal Williams for me. All right. Yeah, it's just definitely be something to monitor. Uh, Ty Montgomery in a PPR does have some value, but mm-hmm. if, if he's if he's not playing, you know, at least two out of the three main downs, it's going to be kind of tough to to get there. For exactly sure. in face football, it's all um, about volume. Yeah, all about the volume. That's the tough part about the running back position. And as we um, get closer to the season, uh, well, I'll ask you now from what you've seen in your early research. It's kind of a hot topic. Is in years past, it was like there's two or three workhorse backs and then it was kind of like a lot of committees and people were trying to go for wide receiver heavy drafts and now you're hearing all this talk about zero wide receivers and getting all the running backs you can what kind of philosophy at early glance of uh, rankings and whatnot are you looking at it's going to depend on which position i'm in in the first round um if i'm early if i'm one of the first five picks I am going to take one of the five running backs. I'm going to target either Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, not Ezekiel Elliott at number one, um, but just five names, Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, um, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, and gosh, there's one slipping my mind right now. Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, yes, thank you. Um, And if I'm somewhere in the middle, I am targeting – I'm targeting – probably DeAndre Hopkins and then uh, Antonio Brown. Uh, I mean, they're 1A and 1B, but with Deshaun Watson back, like I, I love DeAndre Hopkins even more. Um, but as a whole, usually I try and get a running back in the first round. If I'm ending up with DeAndre Hopkins or Antonio Brown in the middle of the round, I'm going to try and get LaShawn McCoy in the second round. And yeah. and that. LaShawn McCoy is interesting. Yeah, LaShawn McCoy is really interesting because, you know, right now you got guys like Fantasy Pros and everything. They haven't ranked 12th overall. This guy's been a top five or six running back in the last right. few years. Right. What's your thoughts? Uh, you, since you mentioned him, I wanted to ask you, what's your thoughts on him falling that far already? Well, I assume it's age bias because he's going into his age 30 season. But um, he's he's going to be the focal point of that offense. Uh, they'll be able to give him some breaths with uh, Chris Ivory and everything. And with AJ McCarron and Josh Allen coming into his first year, like I'm not a big Josh Allen guy at all. But uh, it's it's not going to help the passing game too much. Um, it's going to be the same thing as it was last year. Um, their main weapon is Kelvin Benjamin, and you know he's he's not a huge difference maker it'll be uh it'll be interesting to see what the steps that zay jones can take in his second year um i think charles clay is still on the roster so uh he'll he'll be a part of the offense but Lashawn mccoy i mean it's it should be another 300 carry season for him i like it let's go to the carolina panthers backfield and um christian mccaffrey coming off a really really good rookie season Mm -hmm. factor in the passing game and a little bit in the running game especially more it seems like towards the end of the season but uh, they went out and kind of surprised some, but not many, uh, not a bunch. As C- signing C.J. Anderson, um, free agent from Denver, this was kind of a big move because, you know, you lose Jonathan Stewart, you think Christian McCaffrey is going to take over and be the, you know, the big-time back. Now you bring in another Jonathan Stewart. So what's your take on this backfield? Well, he doesn't have the body to uh, run in between the tackles. Um, he's very dynamic. I mean, he is probably – the most dynamic uh, passing down back in in the league um, that doesn't have the three down back ability. Uh, I think it's a great move by by Carolina to bring him in, or I'm sorry, to bring in C.J. Anderson. 
I think C.J. Anderson could have a really big season at playing that Jonathan Stewart role. Uh, keep in mind, uh, he did have a thousand yards last year with Denver, and he barely played fifty percent of the snaps. Uh, it if he was on the field more, he would have had a much better fantasy season uh, from a week to week standpoint. I mean, he did have big weeks, but uh, as a week to week starter, I mean, you never knew, you never knew when to start him unless you absolutely had to. And then you were just kind of praying it'd be one of his big weeks, but Christian McCaffrey is someone I'm not too high on at in He has a second round ADP. I think he's at like 22 right now, which would be kind of tail end and uh, of the second round and, in 12 team drafts it, they've added a lot of weapons in Carolina and Greg Olson is going to be back. Uh, he was Christian McCaffrey was a big part of the passing game because Greg Olson wasn't there anymore or uh, with the, with the injury, they added DJ Moore. Um, Curtis Samuels is going to be healthy this year. So it's, it's great for Cam Newton. So I think Cam Newton is uh, a nice value this year because he's being drafted in, in the mid rounds because he should, he should have some more weapons, but it's not great for Christian McCaffrey, especially since he doesn't, he isn't the type to run between the tackles. Yeah, no, it definitely hurts him. And he was one of your uh, running backs that are undraftable for you. Another guy you had on the list. And I'm really curious to get your, your take on this one is Marshawn Lynch, who's coming off a pretty decent season there for Oakland, running for almost 900 yards and making you know 20 catches for 150 more yards. And he was a part-time back then, and obviously they went and got Doug Martin and John Gruden's coming to town. So what's your take on uh, Marshawn Lynch coming into the season? You know, that's kind of something that I've been looking at since I've written that article, and maybe I was a little too harsh on Marshawn Lynch. Uh, he did finish 25th uh, in PPR uh, running backs, and I think it was number 20 overall in standard last year. But uh, they brought in Doug Martin, who apparently has looked good in training or in uh, OTAs and uh, early season work with with the Raiders. So you can take that for what it's worth. I mean, Tampa said that last year with him too, and I mean, look what happened. It, it, it just didn't pan out. But Oakland's offensive line is much better than Tampa's is. So Marshawn Lynch, he's entering his age 32 season and they still have Jalen Richard and Deandre Washington. I don't think, I think it's still probably going to be a part-time role for Marshawn Lynch. Uh, no, no matter what way that uh, the, the offense shakes out or the, the roster, the depth chart. But um my whole take on it was that I would rather take a high upside back, like, you know, one of the ones we talked about, it, uh, Green Bay, um, wh- whichever one of them falls, maybe Chris Thompson or, you know, um, one of the Denver guys, because um, they'll probably have a split backfield. But, you know, Marshawn Lynch, is, his ceiling's his ceiling's a little too low for me to take in the fifth or sixth round. No, that makes sense because uh, you really don't know how that's going to shake out at this t- point in time. When we talk about the New Orleans Saints, we had two of the most dynamic running backs in the NFL last year in Alvin Kamara and uh, Mark Ingram. We know Ingram's going to be out for the first four games of the season. So what do you have on these guys? Because Kamara's already creeping into a – people are expecting him to carry both backs' workloads early in the year and make him a, an ultimate running back, but I just don't see it happening. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that backfield? Yeah, I am avoiding Alvin Kamara like the plague this year. Uh, I'm I'm not touching him. I in that undraftables article, I felt like writing about him would be kind of beating a dead horse because I talk about him a lot on the podcast, and I feel like that's not a really original take um, because I I feel like a lot of people have been saying that. But he is he's not a three down back. That's just not the style of football that he plays. Um, He's a dynamic back when he gets the ball on the outside, whether it be a screen pass or uh, a toss to the outside. Um, he's a guy that you want touching the ball uh, 12 to 18 times a game and not 25 to 30. To, um, and remember, he he didn't finish the season too strong. I mean, excluding the playoffs, but in the fantasy playoffs, he, he didn't finish the season too strong. I think his ADP is right around seven now, and uh, I would rather – 
target a wide receiver there if I'm sitting there or uh, a running back that maybe slips through. Maybe um, if Antonio Brown or uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, go off the board five and six, maybe uh, Ezekiel Elliott sitting there or Saquon Barkley. Those are two or I'd rather have Kareem Hunt uh, also myself. So, yeah, I I just about to ask. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather. I just about to ask if you wanted Hunt. What about Mm -hmm. Melvin Gordon? Yeah, absolutely. And and wrap around uh, in a twelve-team snake draft if you can get uh, Melvin Gordon, and then uh, grab your receiver, grab a RB two, grab a. A lot of people like Jordan Howard. Not I'm not uh, in the Jordan Howard camp, but if you can go with. uh, Melvin Gordon and LaShawn McCoy. I mean, I think that's a hell of a start. And then you can uh, focus on your wide receiver position. Maybe I don't know with the return of Andrew Luck if uh, if Ty Hilton's around in, in round three. But uh, you know, you can start working on your wide receiver position or or uh, tight end with Travis Kelsey or Gronk. No, you can definitely do a lot of stuff with that. And I like that a guy that's ranked right around Melvin Gordon right now is Dalvin Cook, who. Started off his rookie campaign just lights out four games, 354 rushing yards. His catching passes uh, just look like a monster. And then, you know, the injury took place. He's going to be back this year, and everybody's expecting him to pick up right where he left off. What's your thoughts on Alvin or Dalvin Cook coming into the year? I think it's a little high. Um, I think the expectations are high because it was an AC, it was a torn ACL. And I think. I don't know. I'm, I, I didn't play. I never tore my ACL or anything. Um, so I don't know, but it's just like common sense to me tells me that it would probably be a little harder to make the running back cuts than the wide receiver cuts. So it just is, uh, when, when running the ball is what I'm referring to. Um, so I'm not sure if he's going to have a strong start to the season, so I think he might be a buy low candidate um, in in the October range if he doesn't if he doesn't start off well because I mean this happened uh, in week three or four last year so yep. I'd be I'd be surprised if he's totally one hundred percent. It sounds like he's gonna he's gonna participate in everything and he's gonna be in training camp and he he'll be available for week one. But as far as being one hundred percent Dalvin Cook, I, I'm not sold on him. So I don't think I'm gonna target him in the second round, but I'm definitely gonna keep an eye on the numbers. And if if he doesn't start off well, I'm definitely gonna want to buy low because he's a very talented cat. Yeah, I think once he gets healthy, he's gonna be a beast. So uh, definitely something to, like you said, keep an eye on if you don't grab him. Maybe he has a couple bad weeks, and you can you can snipe is that, somebody. Is, is he someone? Is he someone that you're targeting in the second round? I would think about it. It depends on what. If I'm like late second round, then yes, but I don't think he'll get that yeah. far because it seems like everybody wants him early second round. And like it depends on the twelve teams. I've heard guys even say maybe at the end of the first round. So I've seen an industry, some people that are I've really really high on him. And I've seen an industry yeah, draft where like fifth off the board. Yep. I mean that's why. As I'm saying. I, I won't come to that. that. That's not happening at all. So um, it's crazy that that goes back to that point where it seems like a lot, lot more talk this year. People want to grab those running backs that don't have too much committee work really early this year. They're really focused on that. It's kind of it's stuff, it's so. smart. It's 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 a smart strategy. You just uh, it all comes down to picking the right guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like last year I got lucky. I mean, I mean, easy easy to say, but it's it's definitely yeah. said than done. Definitely. Let's talk about some rookie running backs. You know, I got Saquon Barkley, who everybody's in love with, Darius Geis, Sonny Michelle, Royce Freeman, so on and so forth. There's many of them. Um, just kind of give a synopsis of what you looked at so far. You don't have pick one if you want. It doesn't matter to me. But, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley, everybody thinks he's the sun, the earth, and the moon in New York. But thoughts on rookie class and what to look forward to fantasy-wise? I am kind of in that camp where I think he is a really big deal. Um, I mean, the guy just has tree trunks for legs. Uh, he, he's an he's an absolute specimen of a human being, and I think he'll he will have a lot of he'll have a lot of success in New York. I think the offensive line will be a lot better uh, than it was last year. I don't know. I say probably middle of the road. We're not talking about a top offensive line by any means. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, he's. Uh, I have no problem with taking him in the middle of the first round. 
Uh, I think it's a good value, especially since Eli Manning's not going to be very good. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he's just not going to be he's not going to be good anymore. Uh, so if you haven't accepted that, just kind of start facing facts here. Uh, Ronald Jones is a guy that I really like in Tampa, especially with Jameis Winston being suspended for the first three games. I'm definitely going to shoot him up my rankings uh, more than I have already. Uh, the problem with that is Peyton Barber is going to see a share of the workload, but I think if Ronald Jones can uh, do work with the 15 to 18 touches that he gets a game, then I don't, I don't think it's really going to matter. And I think he's going to be a value um, as far as where you're finding him in drafts. Royce Freeman. Um, I'm a little worried because I know they want to give Devonte Booker a lot of work and I'm Denver's offensive line is not very good. Um, I'm just not sold on that offense at all this year, especially case Keenum. Um, Case Keenum's getting downgraded at wide receiver. Uh, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen are a lot better at this stage than um, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, it's not 2015 anymore, folks. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Rashad Penny in uh, Seattle. I like it from a volume standpoint. And I think it's boomer bust. He's not going to be someone that I'm going to target, but if he falls into, I can't remember his ADP off the top of my head, but if he, if he's fallen into the fifth or sixth round, I'm definitely scooping him up, but I don't think he is. I think he's like a third or fourth round guy. Uh, but if he does fall into the fifth round, I'm snagging him up. Uh, but the offensive line isn't good in Seattle, but I think he's, he's a good volume play. Like I said, and um, I think uh, uh, a safety net, possibly for um, for Russell Wilson. So let's see. We covered those. Is there any other rookie running backs that are I can think of off the top of my head? I think that's the, that, that's the big four right there. Yeah, that's kind of the four we've been hearing. And there's always something that will pop up out of nowhere. But like week three, you'll be like, oh, crap, where's, there's that guy. Oh, but, absolutely. Uh, um, that. That never fails. It probably won't even be. It'll probably be an unsigned rookie. It's just how it works. <laughs> but um, that's the NFL for you. I got one more running back question for you. Then we'll move on to the wide receivers. Uh, Jarek McKinnon. And, and it, I was doing some research again, and out here in California, there area about him, and you know, Mike Sh- or Shanahan's going to make him the the next you know version that he had in Atlanta, this dual threat running back. And I don't see it, but people do. And he's like the 14th or 15th running back off the board right now. Are you as high on him as others are? Or are you just kind of like, this is Jarek McKinnon who's never done this by himself? Yes, I am actually in the – I'm I'm very high on Jarek McKinnon this year. Um, I'll be targeting him in the third or fourth round. I like that he – he reminds me a lot of um, – he can he can play the role of Devonta Freeman. Um, uh, he can he can do big things with Shanahan. Just kind of, um, I, it's Matt Breida. That's that that's his competition for touches. Um, I think they're going to be creative with him. I think he's a good PPR option. I liked what I saw from him in Minnesota last year. I thought he was really explosive. Um, but once again, my only worry is kind of like the Alvin Kamara thing is, and you, I, you kind of mentioned it. Like it's as a three down, as a three down back, I'm not totally sold. But um, if he's getting, if he's getting volume, I'm all for it. My preference is him getting, you know, 20 touches a game as opposed to, as opposed to 30. But I think he's, a, I think he's a talented guy, and I think he's going to be in the right system. And I think. Um, I think he's someone that Jimmy Garoppolo will seek out a lot uh, to get him the ball in the passing game, and I think uh, I think he'll be a, a big fixture in the running game as well. Yeah, because there are parts to like about his last season. He had a couple of monster games, especially when he was kind of the the you know two down back compared to the the rotating back. Um, and then you saw with the the system with the Niners last year, Carlos Hyde was a PPR magnet. So. There might be a lot to like about McKinnon. We shall see what he can actually do, but uh, definitely something something to keep an eye on. Carlos Hyde should have had an even bigger season last year, but I felt like uh, Matt Breida took away some of his work. Um, But, yeah, I I thought Carlos Hyde looked like an RB1 last year um, when he was on the field. What do you think about about Hyde's new location? That's tough. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah. It's really tough because I don't know what they're going to do with Chubb. Chubb's, yeah, yeah. Chubb's, Chubb's another rookie running back. So I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I think it's going to be one of those training camp battle things because he, Duke Johnson's going to be involved. He's going to be a third down back at times. He's going to play in the slot at times. Um, so really, I mean, one of those two have to emerge as the first two down backs. Um, God, they're both talented. I mean, Nick Chubb, he, he looked really good in Georgia, and Carlos Hyde looked really good last year in San Francisco. And it's tough to tell with Hugh Jackson because, to be quite frank with you, he sucks ass as a coach. So he's horrible. He's, horrible. he's, he's the worst coach. Um, so how, God, how he's avoids beyond us. They could both touch the ball ten times a game, and it it could just be a complete kerfuffle. I mean, it might be a situation to totally avoid unless you're uh, uh, unless you're scooping up Duke Johnson in the mid rounds, which I would I would recommend doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I lo- I love Duke. Yeah, I mean he uh, he finishes very high every year in PPR, and he still he still ends up in the mid rounds. Um, he's always always a great value. Um, and he's always a great flex option. So keep targeting Duke Johnson. And I'd say at this point, until we have a clearer point in training camp, like if you're doing best balls right now, which a lot of people are, if you're doing dynasties, like startup dynasty stuff, I'd probably say just, just avoid, uh, just avoid the Browns backfield. Yeah, that's a very good call. Cause like you, you hit, you hit it on the head. Hugh Jackson is the head coach. So that's yeah. all you really need to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, we take this brief break from Bench with Bubba to talk to you about Rotoware. It's one of the best quality shirts in the industry. When I mean industry, all the clothing industry, the fantasy sports industry, because people are rocking it. They're loving it. You're seeing it in a lot of big outlets now. The no other brand can compete with Rotoware in terms of quality. They're premium blend fabric, super soft, comfortable, athletic fit shirts. They specialize with a special, special printing process. The design is part of the shirt. Literally, it is, it is dyed and bleached into the fabric. No thick ink. There's over 30 different designs right now. It's just crazy all the stuff they have coming out, and there's more and more stu- stuff every time you turn your head. They have fancy football, baseball, hockey, basketball, some really cool DFS ones, but everything's great. They have men's, women's, and kids. Check them all out. Go to rotoware.com, R-O-T-O-W-E-A-R.com. Check them out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Rotoware. But the cool part, guys, if you use the promo code DGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, you get 20% off your order. Again, promo code DGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S. Check their site out. Check them Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. They're always giving away free shirts. And then when you go to purchase the ones you want for you, your loved ones, your friends, your family, whatever, use promo code DGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, for 20% off your order. Now back to this week's episode of Bench with Bubba. Let, let's head to the wide receivers here on our little Cliff Notes run-through of the early NFL info. Uh, Green Bay Packers, again, we already talked about their backfield, and it's a trend with the Packers. Is There's one thing you can rely on, and it's Aaron Rodgers. Everything else is a mess at times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they lost their, their their workhorse, Jordy Nelson, and we can talk about him a little later. But they still have Devontae Adams, who burst onto the scene last year, like really burst on last year. Mm-hmm. you got Randall Cobb. They drafted a couple uh, interesting rookie uh, receivers. They have Jimmy Graham. Tons of options. When it comes to the wide receiver position, if you're going to Green Bay, what are you looking to exploit? Okay. I love Devontae Adams. Um, it's actually actually the season before in 2016, he had a really good season too. Uh, and then last year, it was kind of like, oh, is he able to repeat the 12 touch? I think it was either 12 or 15 touchdowns. I think it was 12 touchdowns in 2016. Um, and yes, he did. He absolutely did uh, on a per game basis. But I'm really scared because he had two concussions last year. I feel like he's one concussion away from missing six weeks or contemplating retirement. Or uh, God, he's really young, so I don't know if he can afford to comp- contemplate retirement. But I think more of a like missing a month or six weeks if he if he gets uh, if he gets his bell rung. That's something I'm definitely worried about. Um, but he's, that doesn't mean I'm going to avoid him. Like he's, he's the top dog in green Bay and he's, he's someone I definitely would take the chance on. Um, anyone in the NFL can get their bell rung. So, um, that's not gonna, that's not going to deter me from him. Um, Jimmy Graham, I like a lot for the red zone. Uh, it's interesting because Aaron Rodgers never 
has been one to target tight ends. Um, I think that Jimmy Graham could probably play out of out of the slot a, a little bit, um, especially in the red zone when they're lining up three three on the uh, on either side of the field. He could be lining up on the inside, uh, standing up right away. And I think him and Aaron Rodgers Rogers will get along famously. Uh, Randall Cobb. Uh, he's so up and down, but he's someone that uh, you won't have to pay a lot for who could, you know, end up um, having some pretty good games. I think probably uh, if you play in best ball leagues, I think he's probably probably a good option for you. Um, as far as St. Thomas, um, it, it's just going to – if he makes a roster, I mean, anything can happen. So I definitely – I definitely uh, – Keep an keep an eye on the waiver wire and keep an eye on how he, how he's doing. Um, or or I'm sorry, I said St. Thomas's name, St. Brown. Um, but yeah, as far as the Packers go, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is going to find uh, is going to make everyone relevant pretty much. It's just uh, Devontae Adams is probably is probably the best option, and uh, Jimmy Graham. I think he, he'll probably be a, a, a pretty good value in the mid-rounds. Yeah, Jimmy Graham's a guy I like to gravitate towards a lot when he drops the last you know, a few years. He hasn't gone nearly as high as he used to go back in the days, obviously. And he's just that red zone presence. You even saw it once him and Wilson got comfortable. He started having bigger games in the second half last year. And I think that's definitely, you know, Rodgers, like you said, he doesn't. he really is not a tight end target type guy. But he's also a guy that um, he likes – the bigger target because, you know, um, in the middle of the field, Jimmy Graham's going to own that, and he can do mm-hmm. that all day long. So that can mm-hmm. be a big plus, and it can open up those little kind of slant outs and slant ends they like with Adams and Cobb. You got Graham in the middle. It opens those up to the outsides and it's like mm-hmm. a take place there. But um, I, I like the point on Adams, like you said, to be careful with, though, and that's why Cobb in a best ball is probably better. Is at, Concussions are no joke, and once you have a few of them, it gets scary and how frequent these can start to happen. And it could yeah, really, and they, they were things like, they were we bad, don't really, we bad. don't really grade concussions, but they were bad concussions. They were, they were the yeah. worst. <laughs> I, I don't even know. I remember the one hit he had, I don't know who he was against, but I can visualize it happening again. Uh, was it how, Danny Trevathan from the bears? I think so. Yes. Yes. Was, yeah. And, and he played the next week. Like what's and they wonder why there's a concussion policy, but it's a whole other story on another day. But like I don't even know how that was possible. But um, let's talk about one of the receivers that's in your non-draftable wide receiver column. You wrote Mike Evans, and he's played in 15 games all four seasons. He's had at least 122 targets in all four seasons, at least 68 catches in all four seasons, only two big re- touchdown receiving seasons. What is keeping you from – well, besides Winston now being out for three weeks, what's keeping you from <laughs> liking it, Mike I, Evans? Because he wrote – I, I had an easy out. Because <laughs> you wrote this before, so I want to hear yeah. your explanation. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I just – he – I think he's reached the peak of his targets in Tampa probably uh, with the 138. That I think I think that's the exact number that he saw last year. Um. I watch him a lot, and I'm ju- I'm just not impressed. Um, I mean, he has two seasons where he's had uh, double digit touchdowns, and then he's had two seasons where he's had like right around five touchdowns. And um, Tampa is bringing in more and more weapons every year. Uh, the running game should be better, so um, they're not going to have to just throw it up twenty yards and hope Evans comes down with it. Uh, they're going to want to get Deshaun Jackson more involved. If, if they want to win, um, if they actually want to win games like they need to for the for the front office and the coaching staff to keep their jobs. Um, obviously, the Jameis thing is probably a scapegoat, so Dirk Cutter might live to see another year. Um, yeah, Chris Godwin's on the come up. Uh, O.J. Howard should... Uh, should make strides this year. They signed Cameron Brait long term, so you got two tight ends that are could be red zone presence where uh, Mike Evans would usually make his uh, make his presence known and and get garner up a lot of fancy value. So I think he's a ninth receiver off the board. He won't be anymore with Jameis Winston being suspended for the first three games. Um, he finished seventeenth last year with uh, top ten targets. Um, 
yeah, it's. It, I just feel kind of like with Marshawn Lynch, except a totally different situation. I just think the ceiling's too low. Um, Mike Evans, though, he's safe because he he's had a thousand yards in every season. Um, but a couple of those seasons, he's only had seventy some catches. Um, that's nothing to scoff at, but if that's a running, or I'm sorry, if that's a wide receiver that you're taking in the first two rounds, I mean, in PPR, you want more than uh, 70-some catches because you can get Larry Fitzgerald three or four rounds later. You said something there that, that piques my interest. He was going around wide receiver nine, and that's obviously going to change now. How far does he have to fall to actually make him relevant to you? Because like you said, a floor oh. like that's still something that's useful for your team. Mm-hmm. But where would you start targeting him? Like third round maybe? Yeah, third or, uh, third or fourth round. Um, yeah. If he falls to the fourth round, I'm probably going to scoop him up. I okay. I don't want to be a Mike Evans hater because he is – like. He's he's a, gr- a great wide receiver and uh, he's been he's been consistent in his statistics, but um, it's just he doesn't excite me in the second round and um, but like you said, like and I mean a lot of people said he, he's safe. So uh, if you're if you're looking for safe, if you're going wide receiver wide receiver and you're taking Antonio Brown, you want to get your wide receiver too. If you're going uh, zero RB, I think uh, Mike Evans is a fine option in the third in the third or fourth round. Um, so, I mean, take take it for what it's worth. I, I'm just probably not going to touch him. Okay, let's go to the Minnesota Vikings, who had a two-headed monster, and you already mentioned Case Keenum now in Denver, and things have changed there. They have, they have the Adam Thielen, Stephen Diggs combo, but like four years aged. So um, Thielen, 91 catches for 1276 and, and uh, four touchdowns. Diggs, 64 for 849 and eight touchdowns. It seems when Diggs had big games, he'd just go off. Then he'd have quiet weeks where Thielen, like just receptions alone, the difference in the receptions shows he was just a consistent machine in this offense when you're looking at these two guys how do you dictate like do you prefer one over the other i'm guessing ppr you want Thielen, but how do you break down these two when you're when you're looking fantasy wise okay i'm always i've always been Thielen uh over digs well i guess not always because i mean he just emerged uh, a couple years back uh last year i wrote um when everyone was really high on Diggs, why would you take Stefan Diggs when you can get Adam Thielen about, you know, three or four or five rounds later? And um, that was one of my few that actually, you know, panned out. I, I did. I did have a good, uh, a, a lot, a few good guesses. Um, I had a couple misses too, like Lamar Miller. I thought he was going to have a really big year last year, but he, it just didn't pan out. Yeah, um, like he was going to. Yeah, but, you know, back-to-back years with six touchdowns, what can you do? That offensive line is horrible, and uh, I failed to see that last yeah. year. Um, yeah, I prefer Adam Thielen. Um, I still do. Uh, I play a lot of PPR, so I think he's got nowhere to go up with Cousins. I think he's a really safe bet. Um, I think um, if you're looking at a stat line from last year, I think that's probably a pretty safe guess for this season, too, with the, with an upgraded quarterback. Um the signing of Kirk Cousins makes me like uh, Stefan Diggs more too. Um, it makes me like him more than I did last year. The thing with Stefan Diggs is, like you mentioned, he tends to disappear in games, and that's kind of what what I wrote uh, going into last season, and, and it kind of it kind of happened. But I think with a more consistent quarterback, I think it'll keep him more engaged, and I think he could really have a big year. I think both of them could have monster years. Uh, I think the Minnesota offense as a whole could be uh, possibly the best offense in, in the league this year, um, especially bringing over uh, Filippo from uh, Philadelphia. He was their quarterback's coach last year. He's going to be the offensive coordinator, so they shouldn't lose a step at all um, from North Turner leaving. So, or Was it North Turner? I can't remember off the top of my head. I think I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a dynamite offense. You get Cook back. You got Cousins in town who's an upgrade. Those two receivers. Uh, yeah, lots and lots to like there in Minnesota. Let's yeah, talk about New so England. I got yeah. Before yeah. we get into that, just kind of to clarify, like I, I would rather I would take Adam Thielen and uh, Stefan Diggs above their ADP. Like there's someone they're above both it. Okay. above. I like their that. ADP. Yeah. 
I like that statement because I think they will perform it. And, and and one last thing, like you said, is with the new system and the new quarterback, especially. We know Cousins loves his like short route, short route, short routes, but he can go big too. Mm-hmm. I think that'll help Diggs out. So definitely, definitely get the PPR points you're looking for. But I do like that. All right, let's go to New England, a team that I despise as a Dolphins fan. So me and you, we, we both share bad Florida teams. But um, <laughs> they, New England's always that team that has a ton of who this who's this guy? Where did he come from? And it's Tom Brady makes them all pros. Mm-hmm. So in the receiving core, you got Julian Julian Edelman, who's out four games to start the year. You got Chris Hogan, who was really really good when healthy last year. Somehow Kenny Britt is still alive and in the NFL. Jordan Matthews, if he ever stayed healthy, super talented. The list mm-hmm. goes on and on about guys that at one point in time were relevant and somehow wouldn't be shocked if Tom Brady made these guys relevant. How are you attacking this uh, receiving board? Not to mention we still have Gronk, who's going to be Gronk probably. Yeah, I, um, I'm i not going to draft Gronk. He's not on the field enough for me. I'm going to target Travis Kelsey if I'm going tight end that early. Um so there, that axe is one. Um, with Julian Edelman out, uh, it's interesting. My buddy from Razball thinks that they could maybe transition to running the ball a little more the first four weeks, especially with James White. That's been Rex a rumor Bur- with Sony Michelle pick. Sony Michelle, uh, Rex Burkhead, James White. Um, actually, if I'm targeting targeting anyone in the passing game, it's going to be Rex Burkhead, and I'm going to put him in my uh, I'm going to put him in my flex. Uh, same with James White. I think uh, I don't think they want Tom Brady stretching the field. So I think both those guys could, you know, average five, six catches a game and maybe get into the end zone. And um, I mean, I guess a sleeper to look out for would be Braxton Berrios, uh, the rookie wide receiver that they grabbed from Miami. Um, he could play the Julian Edelman role. Um, Chris Hogan is definitely uh, someone I would. I would target. I think uh, at the wide receiver position, he will stand to benefit the most with uh, Julian Edelman being out. So um, Chris Hogan, I definitely take a look at in the sixth or seventh round. I doubt he'll be there. I would even go fifth round if he's if he's hanging around there. Yeah, I, I yeah, right I, now. You're right now. They got Chris Hogan ranked about the thirtieth wide receiver out there. Um, you know, you got guys like Pierre Garçon who in PPR leagues was gold. You got Robert Woods, Devin Funches, uh, Sammy Watkins, all in that area. You yeah, see, I'd, like, I'd Chris rather Hogan have over Chris, any of those guys. I'd rather have Chris Hogan than all three yeah. of those guys. I, I mean, he's going to he's going to catch. No, I don't want him at all. I, I'm I'm not touching anyone in Baltimore besides Alex Collins. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 just yeah. Joe Flacco. Um, he, he's never, he's had one season where he's thrown for 4,000 yards. I mean, Mike Wallace was fine at the end of drafts and you got some big games out of him, whatever, but he's not even, he he was their number one receiver. He's not even someone you can slot in every week, um, when he was there. And I just don't think bringing in, um, Michael Crabtree is going to solve that offense. So I think it's going to be business as usual. And I'm, want a, a volume back and hopefully they make uh, Alex Collins a volume back. And I think he can outperform his ADP uh, stepping back to running backs a little bit. No, I like Alex Collins. He came up big for me last year in many, many ways. Let's go to Dallas for a second. Uh, you, we know they lost uh, or they lose. They, they got rid of Des Bryant and now they have Alan Hearns, who's projected to be the number one in their system. And it was just a few years ago. He was a beast in Jacksonville and he kind of, He's been good the last few years, but not a beast by any means. But now, focal point, Dak's got to throw it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Is Alan Hearns a guy that you're looking at? He's like the 52nd ranked wide receiver right now. Yeah, that's – yeah. Um, as a late-round flyer, I mean, the reports out of Dallas are, have been that he looks like the number one right wide receiver, and he's going to be – kind of the replacement, but we haven't, we haven't gotten into training camp yet. And I mean, that's just OTA speak, but no, like I wasn't a huge, I wasn't huge on, uh, it didn't perk my interest when he signed with, when he signed with Dallas. Um, I'm probably just going to avoid the Dallas offense, uh, at all costs, except for Ezekiel Elliott. I think this will be his offense. And I think he's going to be, 
uh, a huge, a huge uh, um, asset for your fantasy team if you if you end up with him in the first round, especially with how talented that offensive line is. Uh, I'm gonna write up my uh, quarterback undraftables, and uh, Dak Prescott's gonna be on it. Uh, there's there's yeah. there's nothing. there's nothing to like there. There's nothing. No. Um, the cupboard the cupboard is literally empty. <laughs> this is probably the best season of his career was his rookie season when he only threw three interceptions. Um, unless unless he's able to unless they're able to bring uh, some some uh, talent to the receiver core, all of a sudden he turns into Russell Wilson, which I don't think is going to happen. So yeah, um, I, I guess if Alan Hearns sitting there in the last round, I'll, I'll let him sit on my bench and uh, see what happens. Okay. Um, just for fun here, Des Bryant, where do you think he ends up? Oh, who's going to tear their ACL? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be, a, he's, he's going to be a training camp ad. That's, that's, if I had, if I had to guess one team, I would say San Francisco. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think they want him. He seems I don't know. like too much of a problem for a lot of teams. Like they don't want that mess. Yeah. Uh, so okay. So let's think about it. Uh, who would want Des Bryant? Maybe a small market team. Um, say Marquise Lee gets hurt in training camp. Um, Jackson or Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, but does he fit their offense? And they have Diddy Westbrook, who I like a lot. And uh, I mean, they're a running team. They got Leonard Fournette. They just signed Norwell. Uh, to uh, play guard for them. So that means that they want to commit more to running the ball inside like they have. And yeah, I'm just, I'm just not sold on him. I, yeah, I, I no, mean, he, I, I just not sold that he'll, he'll be on a roster, you know? That's the thing is I don't know where he's going to be because the, he's the ultimate diva. Like people wouldn't take Chad Johnson after a while. You're starting to see the similar thing here with Des Bryant. And what, what is you, know, you can 30? see maybe that's what I was going to, let me look it up real quick. Cause uh you know, you think of guys like Des Bryant and you think maybe like a team, say the Jets or something along those lines, yeah, they might see the something Jets, like that. The Jets could – I mean, it's going to depend on what Rob, what happens with Robbie Anderson. Um, he could yeah. be a possible suspension, but I don't think it will be more than two or three games. Like that, that whole – sorry to interrupt you, but that whole Robbie yeah, Anderson thing was weird. I mean – it's not like really some weird. pretty damning stuff, but he's getting probation and a bunch of charges dropped. And then he, you know, he, he I sound like he took a plea and he's not going to go to jail at all. So uh, it's going to be up to the NFL, whether he's suspended or not. So I, who, who's to say what's going to happen with Robbie Anderson, but if he's playing 16 games, like that's someone I'm drafting in my top 30 wide receivers. Like but he was no, awesome. No questions asked, you know? Yeah. And on, on the Dez front, Dez is going to be 30 in November. Okay. Yeah, I'm, it's, so. it's hard to say someone won't sign him, but they're see, his type of receiver is not really a fit anymore um, unless you have that's a certain a, yeah. kind of offense. Um, so Tampa already has Mike Evans, and that's kind of like a comp for him. Um, Julio Jones sure. in, in Atlanta, who's twice as talented as he is, because uh, Des Bryant can't run routes. So nope. who wants a receiver who can't run routes? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's going to be in trouble. Trouble finding a job. Yeah, uh, maybe. Maybe. Last maybe. Yeah, Cincinnati <laughs> will take anything half the time. Right. So that's, that's a – that's a great landing spot right there. Them or even hey, would it shocky if Baltimore grabbed him? Really? Right. Like just a big guy for Joe Flacco to throw it up to and make him look better than he really is because he can right. catch things that other people can't. Like that's Joe Flacco to a T. Um, right. Last guy. Last guy I want to ask you about. He looks like a freak of nature with his offseason program, and uh, he missed all of fifteen and sixteen. Came back for five games last year. Talking Josh Gordon. This guy, we know when he's on the field and he's focused. Is a physical specimen and just a freak show out there, but the on the field and focused are two completely long shot things from time to time with him. What's your overall thought on a guy like Josh Gordon? Okay, um, it's really tough. Like it's really tough. Uh, best ball, absolutely. Like take him at his ADP. Um, he disappears for games when he is on the field. He did it last year too. Um, 
I it's probably because he's a, a big focal point of of the defense and the secondary strategy. So adding Jarvis Landry could help him out a little bit. Um, Tyrod Taylor, it's it's all gonna it's one it's Hugh Jackson, man. Um, it's going to depend on what type of quarterback that Tyrod Taylor decides to be in, in Cleveland, because last year, a lot of people noticed that Tyrod Taylor did not take chances. Um, like he's, he just tried to stay away from the turnover. Like he didn't want to turn the ball over, um, heavily scrutinized in Buffalo and he doesn't want to be the reason that they lose ball games. And plus, they just they just didn't have anyone to throw to. Um, in Cleveland, he has Jarvis Landry. Like I said, uh, there's Josh Gordon. Um, their tight end, God, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Njoku. Yeah, David Njoku. Uh, Corey Coleman, if he decides to show up. Um, there's a lot of weapons. So, will he be more aggressive? Will Hugh Jackson want him to be more aggressive? If he does end up being more aggressive, and you know he can get out of the pocket and just throw it downfield and Josh Gordon beats everyone. I mean, he can be a great asset to your fantasy football team. Um, I think as a wide receiver too, I think he's definitely worth, worth, uh, worth a shot at. Um, I, do you have his ADP off the top of the head? I, th- I think he's third round, isn't he? Um, I just have the right. I don't have ADPs up. I just have the wide receiver rankings. And he is he's the twentieth ranked wide receiver right now. So oh yeah, absolutely. Say, probably, yeah, you're probably fourth round or so. Yeah, absolutely. I would. I, I would yeah. take Josh Gordon. I think he's worth a shot, especially if I uh, I didn't really uh, talk. You asked me earlier about strategy, and this this name slipped my head. But I think Keenan Allen's falling into the second round. I'm a huge Keenan Allen fan every yeah, year. Me too. I'm a sucker every year for him. And last year it paid off. Um, Finally. <laughs> yes. Um, I would. I think my draft strategy this year is probably in most leagues. I'm going to go running back first round and Keenan Allen in the second round where I can. Um, I think that's kind of what I was doing last year. I think that's. I think that's probably a winner this year. Um, but overall, yeah, I like to keep a balanced. I like to keep a balanced squad in drafts. Um, I don't like to fade receivers. I don't like to fade running backs. Like I'm just, I'm taking best available uh, according to my needs, and it's it's worked out for me. Most of my teams go to the playoffs, you know. So, well, awesome. Well, Matt, that about wraps things up. Uh, great stuff here. Why don't you let everybody know where they can find you and what you got coming up? Yeah, um, you can find me at Razball underscore MB on Twitter. Um, R-A-Z-Z-B-A-L-L underscore MB. Um, I just put out the two articles that we talked about. My uh, who, The players I'm not going to be taking at running back or wide receiver. I'll have my quarterbacks uh, up probably by early next week. Um Go back and check out the podcast. I've had some pretty great guests. I've had Matt Harmon on. I've had um, Danny Kelly from The Ringer, Charles McDonald from uh, SB Nation and The Fuckaholic. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a pretty good year for podcasts, um, so definitely check that out. It's called the Raz Blitz Podcast. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll definitely you'll definitely find it. Um, but yeah, I, I'll just be plugging away at football. I also write a little bit of baseball. I, uh, write an article every, every week based on, uh, the player Raider and just kind of find, find values on there, um, for Razball. So yeah, check me out. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me, man. Everybody go check him out. I actually subscribed to the Raz Blitz podcast last week when we started talking. So I'm going to start giving it a weekly listen to you as well, or whenever they come out as you get going in the season. So, um, Thanks for hey, joining we us. Might, we might even get we might even get you on. Uh, we got division previews coming up. What's what's your favorite football team? Oh, the Dolphins, but they're not oh. to talk about the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, we might get you on for the AFC East preview. Uh, I'll definitely I'll definitely hop in your DMs for that one. Yeah, let me know. That'd be a lot of fun. We'll uh, definitely have some fun with that. But um, again, thanks, man. We we might talk again before the season starts. We'll see how things uh, pan out here. But um, everybody, this is Bench with Bubba, episode 102, talking some fantasy football with Matt Moe and Razball. Catch you guys later.